Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. This week on the Lazy Geeks podcast, Kevin Spacey gets replaced, EA acquires Titanfall developer, Marvel loses a pivotal writer to DC, a pair of Xbox One issues, and Disney intends on ruling the streaming world. A new Star Wars trilogy announced, Nintendo says bye to the Miiverse, Jean Grey leading a new comic, and Justice Department pauses the AT&T and Time Warner merger. I'm Stephen Vargas. And I'm Adam Riley, and this is the Lazy Geeks podcast. To the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly podcast that discuss top news from the world of entertainment, gaming, comics, and technology. This is for the week of November 12th, 2017. Oh. I just I, I don't know why I just felt like getting dramatic at that moment. <laughs> well, we're almost out of 2017. I know, right? Well, I was counting the I was counting the episodes, I was counting the issues. I was counting the episodes out and of actual recordings, like of us recording. I think we, including this one, it's like five more. Like we got, yeah, I mean, yeah, like this one because we have next week, and then we have that Thanksgiving week off, and then we have the last four, I think, episodes, and then then we have our two week break. So, speaking of which, I've already done up some of our Lazy Geeks rewinds for uh uh, uh for the uh, upcoming times off. One of them is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> the one I the one I, I shared with you, yeah, it, it was like we're just two, bullshitting the whole time. Well, forty five minutes of forty minutes of it, it is bullshitting like the whole time. And apparently, when we recorded, keep in mind, we recorded this episode in March of two thousand eleven, so it's like almost it's like six and a half years ago. Yeah, and apparently, for some reason, we decided in one record take we were going to do two episodes, kind of a I guess our first version of a minisode. I think that was a time where we thought we'd do like some little bullshit during the week. And then we would do like the main, the main actual episode, but we record I, somehow some way we recorded it in one stream. And that 40 minutes is fucking weird. <laughs> You're on something. I don't know what the hell's going on. 
It's just all over. I was just having a good time, bro. Okay. (laughs) Which is something you don't usually do. Um, Yeah, I don't know what was going on. I was just real silly. I think we were tired and going on for a little too long. (laughs) And then we did the show right uh, after that. (laughs) And then we did the regular show after that. Right. So what I did instead, and I don't, and I'm wondering if I ever released that one because I couldn't find the finished episode. But I was like, fuck it. I'll just release it as one whole thing. So it's like two hours and three minutes, but it's just of both those. And in the middle, you have this weird gap where we walk away from the mic and you're kind of hearing our voices faintly in the background. And then you come back and say, fuck John. <laughs> yeah. For no reason. <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Fuck John. Man. <laughs> I mean, there's probably a reason there. There's, there's always, always a reason. reason. <laughs> there's always, you reason know, to so say, fuck John. And that's fuck thing. John. <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> oh man so um real quick we wanted to kind of follow up on a on a story we brought to you last week about uh house of mouse and the la times in their war um well it seems that disney is facing some backlash for banning the new york times due to a story that they didn't agree with the television critics association has joined had joined a growing list of journalists that were looking to place a little punishment of their own against Disney. The TCA executive board issued a statement uh, Tuesday morning, according to Deadline, quote, the Television Critics Association understands that screeners and coverage opportunities are a privilege and not a right, wrote the TCA president, Daniel J. Feinberg. But we condemn any circumstance in which a company takes punitive action against a journalist for doing their job. The Los Angeles Film Critics Association, the New York Film Critics Circle, the Boston, the Boston Society of Film Critics, and yes. the National Society of Film Critics denounced the media giant's actions, the, vote, um, the votes to disqualify Disney films from year-end award consideration until the ban is lifted. Quote, Disney's actions will include an indefinite ban on any interaction with the Times are antithetical to the principles of a free press and set a dangerous precedent in a time that has already heightened hostilities toward journalistic, journalists, the critics wrote in a joint statement. The reason for this blown up, blow up was the story published by the Los Angeles Times about Disney paying their fair share to the city of Anaheim. Disney found this article biased and decided to ban critics from viewing their films. Disney was hoping to hurt the LA Times during award season, as well as the big winter movies including Star Wars The Last Jedi. Within minutes of the posting of this entry, Disney announced that they were lifting the ban on the Los Angeles Times, and they issued this statement. We've, been produ- we've had productive ske- um, discussions with the newly installed leadership of the Los Angeles Times regarding our specific concerns, a spokesperson said in a statement. And as a result, we've agreed to restore access to advanced screens of, the, of their film critics. So, yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because saying, oh... We're denying you access that you're just hurting yourself. Yeah. Like LA Times is now you're extremely basically... popular in LA. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're gonna now you're gonna start getting people now you're gonna start going, okay, now they're gonna be even more critical of you because that's and then that's how time, it works. <laughs> every time the LA Times would have had to been quote unquote late with a review because they have to wait till it comes out, they're gonna preface it with apologize for the late review. 
However, right. Disney does not <laughs> share pre-releases with us. And so no one's ever going to not know about it. They're oh, going to yeah. be like, what do you mean Disney doesn't share pre-releases with you? Yeah, what the fuck is that about? And, <laughs> and, you know, and the thing is, is that every other news organization is going to mention Disney and anything Disney like, oh, yeah, Disneyland just released the 40th anniversary of whatever on on blu-ray by the way they're still banning the la times from uh right. <laughs> rescreening any of their movies you're lucky you're reading it here because the la times is not allowed <laughs> because all the at the end of the day when it comes to stuff like this those news junks they stick together oh yeah like they're gonna be like this is fucked up and honestly I, I thought it was i was surprised that disney said what they said in the beginning and i i i won't be surprised if someone got fired yeah because that's just I mean cuz you're hurting it's free, yourself. It's free in the press. End. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't tell free press not to be free. Right. That's you Trump's that's Trump's job. Be free. <laughs> yeah. That's Trump's <laughs> job. Trump Trump's the one to tell you that you're no longer, you know, legitimate press or whatever. You know the one positive thing that I've seen from Trump saying fake news all the time is that the most of the major news organizations have stepped their game all the way up <laughs> and they're starting to fact check their shit. Right. They're doing what they used to do mm-hmm. because they don't want to be caught yeah, they're, being stupid. They're no longer sourcing uh, BuzzFeed, you know, for right. their uh, for their. They're actually doing journalism. <laughs> I mean, I read the New York Times. So I never have to worry about that myself, <laughs> but y'all bitches do. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> no, there's plenty of people that don't like the New York Times too. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, but um. You know, it's hard being on the top, yeah. but that's what it is. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and uh, I'm actually, um, my Sunday issue should be on my Kindle right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our main story this week will be about Disney and the world. But before that, um, I don't know. Maybe we should, I don't know, talk about some headlines. I guess. So it's been a, what? It's amazing what a couple of days make. Like much like Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey has been having an, uh, some rather impressive two weeks, but he managed to ostracize almost everyone in Hollywood after it was announced last week that Ridley Scott's film "All the Money in the World" would make its t- December twenty second release date. It will, with one major change, in a unified front, according to Deadline. The cast, crew, Sony Pictures, Mark Wahlberg, and Michelle Williams have agreed to recast the role of J. Paul Getty. Christopher Plummer has been cast and will go under immediate reshoots of Kevin Spacey's scenes, according to the site. It comes on the heels of pulling, uh, pulling the film from closing out the AFI Festival. Imperative Entertainment's Dan Freakin and Bradley Thomas spent the weekend in a back and forth about the film's future. According to the site... They were incensed about the allegations that they would certainly doom the film, a film that had prediction of Academy Award chances for Williams and Spacey. Not to mention, Scott had dropped everything to direct this film. In regards to the reshoots, Spacey had only worked 8 to 10 days on the film. With his role, While his role is significantly smaller, the character has a large presence. The more interesting questions are, with the debut slated for a little more than a month, will they be able to get the reshoots done for the pre-planned December 22nd date? The film has too much money and star power to pull it completely. With Ridley Scott directing, the production company would not do, would not want to take that much of a loss. However, according to, um, however, knowing that Sp- Spacey was part of the film, 
would that still hurt the film's chances in the Oscar race? Will people still go to see it with Plummer in the role? And it will be interesting if they actually can reach their originally planned release date first. It's going it, to, that's got to, that's got to be a clusterfuck. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, it's already filmed, it's already set, you know, and they got to go in there and do everything. I mean, I guess they're lucky where his scenes aren't frequent. Right. So you just really have to recast and then everything else is fine. Yeah. But, and I then mean, with computer generated graphics, he'll probably be in front of a green screen. Right. And it'll be a bad Photoshop. Like you kind of <laughs> see the outline of Spacey a little bit in certain shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. Like going, hey, you know, or one of those like, well, let's just worry about the front. We don't have to worry about the back. So the back, you, it's kind of Spacey's back, but then it's Christopher Frommer's face over Spacey's body. <laughs> going to be ridiculous. Oh, man. Also, can um, people that I like stop coming out as sexual deviants? I'd really Fuck, appreciate man. it. I'd really appreciate it. I know. It'd be, it'd be nice to not have, you know, can we just have like a week? I'm not going to say yeah. a day. I want a week where like, you know, nobody's a total douchebag. It'd be nice. It would be. Kind of a world we live in. I mean, Louis C.K., uh, <sighs> if, you didn't, if you didn't know asking random women, can you, you want to see my dick is wrong? <laughs> You need to ask your mom what the fuck her problem was. Right. And it, But oh, first yeah. of all, you know, you go denying it, saying that's bullshit. It's all fantasy, whatever. And then later saying, I did some shit. It's like, ugh, you're not Bill Clinton. Right. You know. Just stop it. Moving right along. <laughs> With the revolving door of directors that have been chosen by Lucasfilm to herald their franchise, looks like two directors proved solid. Along with J.J. Abrams, uh, what is it, Rion? Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Really? Yes. Ryan, spelt with an <laughs> I, Johnson, was not publicly quarreled with executives after completing the project that started Star Wars The Last Jedi. Did I read that right? Executives after completing the project that started Star Wars The Last Jedi. Lucasfilm is so excited with him that they are giving him a chance to curate a new Star Wars trilogy for the studio. Disney chief Bob Iger, um, Iger. announced Iger. Good, because I was really enunciating that I, because <laughs> I didn't want no confusion. <laughs> um, announced the plan during a uh, Q4 2017 earnings call. Originally, ac originally, according to Deadline, Johnson was slated to write and direct the first installment of the trilogy, but later revised to say he will write and direct the trilogy of films. The new trilogy will focus on new characters, locations, and set in a different galaxy. Interesting. Johnson is set to reteam with Ram Bergman. Did I say that one right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And who named their kid Ram? That's that. That's some fucking just like you know what? Just name him Ram because it could be about that life. Um, <laughs> that's Old Testament shit right there. That's yeah. right. His longtime collaborator for the script. Shortly after the announcement, StarWars.com released a statement on their website. Quote. We all loved working with Ryan on The Last Jedi, said Kath Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm, on the website. He's it's actually pronounced force. it. I'm just kidding. Fuck off. <laughs> He's a creative force, and watching him craft The Last Jedi from start to finish was one of the great joys of my career. Ryan, I keep wanting to say Rihanna every time I fucking see it. <laughs> Rihanna, we'll, we'll, by the end of the Rihanna. <laughs> my umbrella, umbrella. Um, 
will do amazing things with the black, the blank canvas (laughs) of this new trilogy. You got me fucked up because you keep talking shit. (laughs) We had the time of our lives collaborating with Lucasfilm and Disney on The Last Jedi, Johnson and Berg said in a joint statement. Star Wars is the greatest modern mythology, and we feel very lucky to have contributed to it. We can't wait to continue with this series of films. Given how many directors were choos- chosen for the Star Wars films, there were only two directors that had no behind-the-scenes issues, much less taken over by other directors to complete and assign, uh, complete the assigned project. With The Last Jedi coming to theaters in a little over a month, it remains to be seen if this is a good thing. However, this could lead to Star Wars fatigue among a new trilogy and possibly more standalone films. Um, you could almost say that Lucasfilm could be the Activision of the film industry. No release dates have been announced. I actually think this is a good idea. I'm just, be honest. To me, I would just like to see Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of shit I would like to see. But see, that's on the same vein. I think we need to close out the Skywalker story. Right. We can't keep dragging it on and on and on. <laughs> now like, it's going to be the kids upon the kids. Yeah, it's like, we're. I think that's the fatigue that, that people are going to get. Is that we keep, like, look at the the last, not um not the side film, but the last main line film. Um. It was essentially the first film redone. And I get, yeah, they were being clever, you know, same issue, same basic storyline. But you can only get away with that for so long until people are like, okay, you know, <laughs> like I need, I want something new, a new galaxy though. That's weird. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about it and I was thinking like, I would like to see, yeah, like Knights of the Old Republic because of the kind of thing, you know, that being, you know, com- one of the original Xbox games, you know, being rest. I was like, that would be kind of sick. Get like Knights of the Old Republic. Like see like when it was the Sith and the fucking Jedi going at it. That would be fucking bomb. Or they're going to accidentally like slipstream into a new galaxy. <laughs> and then they're going to go. There's a ship out, out of our bow, bow or whatever. And it's like, okay, have communications up. And you're going to hear this is Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship <laughs> Enterprise. And then my mind is going to go. Then the next sound you hear will be heads exploding. What was funny, because one of the things I was thinking about was, can't Disney just buy the Star Trek franchise? Because I I think of anything, because Paramount's fucked it up. I think Does Disney have to buy, does Disney have to own everything? Yeah, because it seems that, you know, Disney doesn't fuck with shit. Like, they'll buy it. Like, look, think about it. You know, like, Star Wars now has the fund, basically the, the unlimited funds to kind of go ahead and make all these Star Wars projects. Now, you know, you have Marvel movies, you have Pixar, you have all, you have Disney money. And the fact of the matter is, is you'd be able to do cool shit. And the thing with Star Trek is that they always do one okay, then one goes good, and then one's kind of like, eh. And then we wait like six years before a new sequel comes out or, you know, what happened. I don't know, because what else does Paramount have? Um, uh, well, I don't know. I think they, sh- they joined um, with Lucasfilms for Raiders. Um, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I think uh, I think Paramount has distribution rights for um for, oh, okay. for Indiana Jones. But that's the thing is, if they sell off Star Trek, that's really their bread and butter. <laughs> they they won't they'll hey, they'll be they're, gone they're, within five years. <laughs> they can do a Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> they'll be a Miramax all over. Again. Oh, <laughs> I said it. They they'll be out and about. maybe they'll just that's have to saying. maybe they'll just have to re-release. Uh, um, 
homeboys from outer space. Oh, oh so they can have a hit on their hands? Yeah. You franchise? Dude, I watched the first episode of that on YouTube. The <laughs> whole it, thing's on YouTube. Does it hold up? It, no. <laughs> I mean, it didn't hold up the first day. It's it's it was on UPN. That should tell you enough. And then UPN was was um like self to me it was self-deprecating humor. Mm-hmm. That's what my grandfather called it. And I never understood quite until he explained it. He says, because it's a network for black people that makes black people look like shit. Right. It's self-deprecating humor. With the exception of, didn't they have wrestling on there too? They had wrestling on there. And the Waynes Brothers was a dope show. And and, That was a good show. And and Star Trek. That's all they had. Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek. So that was funny too, because UPN was kind of the, you know, Mm -hmm. BET you didn't have to pay for for a while. (laughs) But they had Star Trek on there. Right. Which is a very white show. Let's be yeah, let's like, be honest. Well, you know, we gotta get that nerdy white crowd in here, so we'll use Star Trek to get them in we there. We need someone and to spend we, money, and then we then we'll have the uh, the uh, the uh, the Southern folk will come in because we'll have wrestling, and you know they believe that shit's real, right? <laughs> and then for black people, we have homeboys in outer space. Like it's so disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, I see what they were trying to do with the show, but they failed at it miserably. <laughs> It was just so dumb. <laughs> it could have been good too. The premise of it. Was I like, think you're reaching. <laughs> no, no, no. It was because I, the, I first tuned into it because I liked the premise. You, you were following people who captained a ship, but it was just like a garbage truck, right? So it was kind of like that. You're not the all-time hero of the flagship of the, the you know, you're just some dude, you know. And I thought that was kind of dope, but then it was so fun. It was, it was the '90s. It was just. <laughs> one-liners strung together that's all it was it's just uh <laughs> you just for some reason you just reminded me of um that orville episode where it's like damage report we have uh this there and lieutenant uh hanklin spilled soy sauce on his pants he put that in the damage report yeah we seriously need new people <laughs> <laughs> i love that show <laughs> it was great i started rolling uh so moving on into gaming news Electronic Arts says it plans to acquire Respawn Entertainment, the studio behind the Titanfall franchise, according to Polygon. EA announced the purchase as well as a new in-development Titanfall game in a press release. According to the official announcement, EA will pay $151 million in cash and up to $100 million and $164 million in long-term equity in form of restricted stock units for Respawn. In addition to the new Titanfall game, Respawn is working on an untitled game set in the Star Wars universe and a virtual reality first-person combat experience for Oculus. Quote, We've been firsthand in the world caliber of Respawn as a development studio with incredible vision, deep talent, and an inspiring creative mindset, said William Wilson, CEO of Electronic Arts, in a statement. Excuse me, I got hiccups here. Our longtime partnership is grounded in a shared desire to push the boundaries and deliver extraordinary and innovative new experiences for players around the world. Together, we've brought this to life in a Titanfall franchise, and now with the Respawn team joining EA, we have exciting plans to accomplish even more amazing things in the future. We started Respawn with the goal to create a studio with some of the best talent in the industry and to top and to be a top developer of innovative games, since said Vince Zamp- 
Zampella, CEO of Respawn Entertainment, in a statement, we felt that now was the time to join an industry leader that brings the resources and support we need to long-term success while still keeping our culture and create creative freedom. EA has been a great partner over the years with Titanfall and Titanfall 2, and we're excited to combine our strengths. This is a great next step for Respawn, EA, and our players. And he later posted to the Respawn website, Zampelli was a bit more candid about the acquisition. While this isn't, while it wasn't necessary, going with EA made a lot of sense, Zampelli said. With Titanfall and Star Wars, EA has been a great development partner that supports us and doesn't interfere in our process of making games or studio culture. EA will provide us with more resources, access to new technologies, and expertise that we can tap into that will happen. Huh? That will help us make better games and respawn will retain the creative the same creative freedom and culture we've always had we've been taking close uh we've been talking closely with the leadership at ea and we share their values and vision for the future of being a developer focused company that puts the player first respawn was founded in 2010 by former members of the call of duty development developer infinity ward wow i remember that uh the studio first two titanfall games were published by ea and were xbox exclusives oh just so you know um but yeah so that was kind of a surprise that uh they got over respawn i mean i can see why like a lot of people were wondering like why did they get them and i was like you know it was probably because they do share the same focus but at the same yeah. time it's like yeah but it's like everybody going to disney you know it's like it got the ea money also, too, Titanfall, they dumped a lot of money into Titanfall, and it didn't really make as much as they thought it would. Well, that's and why it was such Titan a cool game, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, but... the, the thing was, is like, and that's why they did Titanfall 2 for all other platforms, too, instead of, right. you know, because I think Titanfall was the Xbox One, like, exclusive. Exclusive. Like, it was, it was also, like, wasn't it, like, launch day? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Titanfall was dope, because you would have these moments where, you're waiting for your mech yeah. or whatever the hell they called it in the game. And you're like, just this dude. And you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> and you're diving out of the way. And then all of a sudden, good hit the button. <laughs> you know, it was fucking ba -da, dope. Ba -da. Yeah. But you know, I, I mean, I got like last, I think it was last Thanksgiving. I got like uh battlefield one and Titanfall two on some, for like 25 bucks or something like that. One of those black Friday deals. Yeah. But then Titanfall's online only. So if no one's playing, right? Because I own Titanfall. I think they gave it for free one of these months. Yeah, but this was Before Titanfall like two. Bucks. I'm talking about Titanfall. Oh, 2. Titanfall two, right? Yeah, on. and um, I got that. I still have yet to play it. But I saw they like they had actually expanded. I think it was because the problem was is that they didn't really do a single player campaign, and I think in Titanfall two they actually did, but it might have been too late for that. Yeah. Well, it's Nintendo. Nintendo has my. I don't know. Why I'm trying. To Read it all dramatic. Hmm. Nintendo was marked the end of its social networking service Meverse by releasing a collage of used posts. The mosaic, which you can view um, in the article that is linked in lazygeeks.com show notes on the lazygeeks.com. That's not written. But was created with handwritten posts from Meverse users that include submissions from the Everybody's Message. Nintendo launched the Everybody's Message community last month as one final Meverse community, allowing users to share their fondest memories 
of the service before its closure. Miiverse was shut down on November 7th. Nintendo's social service debuted on Wii U in 2012. It expanded to the 3DS family um, of systems the following year. Its closure affects a number of games, um, impacting titles like Mario Kart 8, Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U, um, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Pushmo World, and more. Users were given the ability to request their Miiverse downloadable post-history, and email notification from Nintendo will arrive in the next few weeks with the URL to download your post-history if you request it. Now, I mean, I never use this, but it, it does kind of suck if you're into it. Um, but I, I, I picked this story mainly for how they handled it. Like, they, um, you know, they come with the cutesy stuff, with the mosaic and stuff, but then they also, like, oh, you, we're going to let you download your entire post-history. And I think that was a big deal because it was a very artsy thing. Like, you could yeah. draw on the 3DS and the Wii U. It makes sense that they're closing it because the Switch doesn't have that capability anymore. Um, and the Miiverse have, like, was really... And the Miiverse was really Wii Wii U type stuff. Yeah, it was, and it was really simplistic. Um, hopefully, they come out with something with the Switch, like at least an avatar kind of system. Um, of course, I would like Microsoft to use their avatars more too. But I mean, it's always fun to have stuff like that. Kids really dig that, and and they're, it it kind of sucks to watch to see Miiverse close down. Um, but I never used it. So <laughs> I created I created a me. I don't know if the me's themselves are gone, but the me versus because I created a me on my Wii. And I mean, it, <laughs> that just sounded you know, wrong. <laughs> yeah, me on my Wii, bro. Put a wig um, on it. <laughs> I created it. It's super simple. Um, was frustrated that I couldn't get it to look a certain way. And then um, I never saw it again. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> right. All right. Well, moving on into comic news. A major coup was announced on Tuesday, a day before new comic release day. DC Comics has managed to woo away one of Marvel's signature writers, Brian Michael Bendis. It was announced today by or announced back on Tuesday via Twitter that Bendis had signed in a major an exclusive multi-year, multifaceted contract. This is a huge get for DC. Quote we are beyond thrilled to welcome Brian Michael Bendis exclusively to the DC family with a multi-year, multifaceted deal, wrote DC wrote in a statement on its official Twitter account. Here's one of the premier writers in the industry having created so many stories wherever he's been, and he, we can't wait to see what he has planned for the DC universe. This is not the first time a writer has been wooed by one company to another. However, lately, many writers have moved away from the big two to work on their more co creator-owned con content. Bendis' departure is a major hit for Marvel. Keep in mind, this is the guy who co-created Miles Morales, Jessica Jones, and developed the original Secret Wars storyline. Uh, Marvel's issues a statement in regards to Bendis' departure. Brian is a great partner and has contributed incredible stories and characters to the Marvel Universe over the years, reads the statement. We appreciate his creativity and professionalism and wish him the best on his future projects. The biggest question is where is Brian is Bendis going to fit in within the DC Universe? On a personal note, Bendis has always been a writer that surprises me. I, as I've mentioned before, when it, when it was described what his story would be, I would always think it sounded dumb. However, when I read the first issue, I was usually hooked. I'm curious to see where he goes next. Um, Adam and I talked about this during the week when this was announced, and I thought he needs to be on Justice League. Yes. That Justice League He needs title, to be on a heavy hitter book. Yeah. The, and I, I don't think DC is going to slack on that. Because if you, he is, 
he's he's always been one of my favorite writers for Marvel. Um, yeah. If I know if 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 Steve brings up a book for Marvel, most of the time I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll check it out. And I usually don't because not to be a dick. I just don't really read Marvel. But if he says, oh, yeah, Bendis was right. I'm, like, oh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, because Bendis just the shit. Yeah. And there's been a lot of a lot of Bendis stuff. I mean, you know, he did the ultimate Spider-Man, which killed off Peter Parker and brought in Miles Morales. Um, he's done. Uh, yeah, he's not afraid to really shake the fucking tree. Yeah, he did the new. Um, the what was it? I can't remember. Uh, can't remember the exact because there's like a million X Men titles. But he his the last story that I mean, or the last book that he brought up was um, bringing the original five X Men to the future to to now to see where they've ended up, and it's basically it basically is a story of them kind of deciding they don't like what they're going to become and try to change it. And um, at first I was like, oh, that sounds dumb. And then I read it and like the first, and then I was hooked on the book. <laughs> Not when Bendis is right. Man. I know. It, it's, that's the thing is, is like every time they summarize what this comic is about, I'm like, that sounds dumb. And then I always forget that it is fucking Bendis because I'll always read it and I'm always hooked on the book. <laughs> you can always, you can always, you can almost hear Bendis going, just wait, my son, <laughs> just wait. You know, like he's, he's, he's I, a brilliant writer. I can hear, I can feel him over my shoulder going, shh. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> Just yeah, I'm, I'm real happy. <laughs> I'm real happy to see um, him bring his particular style to DC, and and I think you know some some books have been falling a little little stale on yeah. DC side, especially in the main line. Yeah, Justice League, I, I Justice think has League. always been has been stale since the the reboot, right? Um, and and that's that's a sad thing to see because Justice League is really supposed to be the pillar. Yeah. Um, when the individual I, like titles see... are doing better than the group right. title, it's like, uh, that should, I, be... I, I think we're both calling it that they're going to throw them on Justice League. You heard I, it here really first think... folks. Yeah. Come on. Tomorrow they announce uh, the tomorrow they announce. Yeah. Ben, this is going to be on Justice League. We so fucking called it. Then it's going to say in a quote, it says, um, we weren't going to do it. But we were listening to the latest podcast. <laughs> As we always do. As we do. <laughs> Fucking for Jeff guidance. Johns is over for there. For guidance saying, and wisdom. <laughs> Jeff yeah. Johns is over there saying, Yeah, as we always do, we listen to them and, and No, because <laughs> DC back in the day was always Justice League was was a major book. Yeah. And I mean action comics and detective comics have always been on their own thing. But Justice League was the pillar. It was like the top of the pyramid. And then all of the It's like the an Flash, Avenger book. Right, yeah. the Flash, Batman, Wonder Woman, that all kind of filtered off of that, and the story's all connected into Justice League, which they've tried to do, but they it's kind of, eh. Like, they're doing some some outworldly shit right now, yeah. and I'm just kind of waiting for that to cool off. <laughs> so we can just get back to some cool shit. You know, this, who's the villain now? Who yeah. are we fighting? Well, that's, that's what the, I want to see. That's the thing is, is that now it just seems like you have Wonder Woman, Batman, even Detective, and and then of course we've we've always mentioned before Superman and Action Comics have all had this like top tier kind of feel, you know, yeah. Flash and and Wonder Woman. Flash has been kind of wonky, but this whole thing with Wally just is kind of interesting. But they just have this kind of top tier, and Justice League is kind of like okay, it's kind of like okay, now what random outwardly, sh- yeah, yeah, otherworldly kind of. You know, we'll we'll make it's being we'll make, written. We'll make Batman. You know, fucking. You know, oh god, what was it when he? Uh, what was that suit he got into that made him like? Oh fuck, I can't remember. Oh, when he was like a god. Yeah, you know that yeah. that kind of shit. It's like no He's in that chair. Yeah, you know we're like no, that's not how it's supposed to go. It's just like 
it feels X Men ninety is kind of what right. the Justice, Justice League, League feels. Justice League's being it's weird because Justice League is being written like it's a second tier book, yeah. and all the second tier books are being written like they're first tier. Books. Right. You know, so we need to get that balance of power back. They um, should all be first tier, is what we're really trying to say. That's right. That's right. Unless it's a Marvel. No. I'm just playing because I got a Marvel story right here, bro. <laughs> so there was an update to the story, so I'm going to read the article, and then I'll read the update. Um, Marvel Comics revealed that Jean Grey will start in a new comic book series featuring her own team called X-Men Red. Um, out in February 2018, the series will be written by Tom Taylor and at by uh, Mahmoud Asar uh, and covers by... Travis Charis. You know who isn't going to be writing it? Bendis. Gene <laughs> um, will also have a new costume that harkens back to her 90s look. Um, okay, let me, go, let me go back here. Update. They, they fucking, they got the like part of the article, then the update, then the rest of the article. Um, a full cover for X-Men Red number one has been revealed, along with a few more details um, about what to expect. Now, if you go to our show notes, of course, Link to IGN's article, and you'll see the cover. And it's pretty dope. It's like a white background. You see Jean Grey looking all fiery and shit. Yeah. According to Marvel Press Release, um, the series will feature new uniforms, a new team headquarters, new characters, and a surprise villain. Um, Harvey Weinstein. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, shit. Given all the fire, it's possible she'll retain her Phoenix powers after her return in Phoenix Resurrection. Uh, the return of Jean Grey, a five-part miniseries set to begin on December that's gonna be interesting yeah she's a little too op though (laughs) like i read some of the and i'm not talking about the movies i read some of the books this chick was destroying like solar systems Mm -hmm. like i think they need to tone that down a little bit you think so i think so it's a little (laughs) like she makes superman look like a fucking infant like it needs to like relax (laughs) But when but I don't think she's OP when she's a good guy. Yeah, it's it, it kind of makes me wonder how they're going to bring her back into the Marvel um into the Marvel fold cuz I think it's in January that she comes back officially like in the limited run series and then you know so No, it's December 27th. Oh, okay. So roughly around so yeah, still around the same. Yeah, but it's December though. Yeah. See, it's not January because it's December, Steve. Yeah, but it's like right there December. between. I mean, yeah, but like, it's but right I mean, there. I know they're close, but we have to draw the line somewhere. And that's December thirty first. Okay, See, you're just that's you're the just, line. You're just spreading that fake news propaganda <laughs> shit, you know. And, I, and I'm tired of it, Adam. I, I really am. <laughs> if I had a table to flip, <laughs> I would flip it. Uh, all right. So I actually have two stories here because it's a pair. Of course you do. Because it's a pair of iPhone X issues. Oh, you go. Please, please continue. <laughs> now, now it's like, oh, oh, please take all the time you need. <laughs> uh, so uh, w- this one comes from The Verge. The iPhone X design revolves around an all-encompassing OLED display. So you can imagine the heartbreak when that that display is glitchy. And unfortunately, it looks like a handful of owners are going through that pain. People on the Apple forums, Reddit, and elsewhere are reporting a glitch. That where a green line runs down the left or right edge of the display, regardless of what's happening on the screen. It does that appear, uh, appear to affect the functionality. It doesn't appear to affect the functionality, but it's clearly annoying. We've asked Apple for a comment on the issue, but it doesn't 
appear that rest uh, it doesn't appear that restarts or other common software solution fixes though it might be strictly a hardware problem it's not necessarily an overscan line like you might see on a tv either no matter what uh, it's safe for you to say that you can get a replacement if the usual troubleshooting proves fruitless it's unclear how many people are affected by the green line although it does appear it doesn't appear to be a widespread issue between this and the software cold weather responsive which i'm actually about to talk uh, talk about though it appears that the iphone x has some teething problems it's not it's not entirely surprising it's the first uh apple phone to use the oled screen and it's using is common samsung manufacturer panel at that there may be a learning curve involved as companies master their pro, uh, production techniques as it is samsung has had a few um, problems of its own own OLED phones, provided that the iPhone X flaw is a hardware issue, it illustrates the broader issues of manufacturing cutting-edge OLED screens. Now, the other one is Apple confirmed today, and this comes from The Verge, uh, confirmed today an issue causing the iPhone X screen to become unresponsive in cold weather, saying that it's planning to so uh, planning a software update to address the issue. Reports of the problem began popping up on the iPhone subreddit community this week, with some users saying that it, on it'll, it takes only just a few seconds for the phone to freeze up in temperatures around 0 degrees Celsius, 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, quote, we are aware of the instance where the iPhone X screen will become temporarily unresponsive to touch after a rapid change in a cold environment, the company told Apple Blog The Loop. After several seconds, the screen will become fully responsive again. This will be addressed in an, uh, coming, in an upcoming software update. Some user, users have speculated that the change in light from indoors to outdoors could be a culprit due to the iPhone X's use of the front-facing infrared camera and the ambient light sensor for uh, face ID authentication and true depth photography features. Others have floated the idea that perhaps many iOS devices, um, device screens could become unresponsive outside Apple's uh, recommended temperature range, which is between 32 and 95 degrees Fahrenheit, and that it's just more pr uh, pronounced on a device without a physical home button. Yet it is unclear exactly what the issue is. It is, however, rare for Apple to acknowledge a problem so quickly, suggesting that cold weather is definitely rendering a subset of iPhone devices unresponsive. Um, those two on top of the A Mario Brothers um, uh, question mark box that happened earlier this week on the um, on their uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I message and you know all that stuff, but I didn't experience because I have an iPad. I didn't experience experience it because I use SwiftKey. <laughs> right, step your game up. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, with this kind of stuff, yeah, there's a learning curve on it, but it's a thousand dollar phone. You know, you kind of expect a little more. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Doesn't matter how much you pay, there's gonna be hiccups. No, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I, someone at my work got the X, and it's so funny because it's a typical iPhone user where they can barely pay their rent, but they got the iPhone X, <laughs> right? Because they know? have so priorities. It's, like, it's priorities, right? Yeah, <laughs> they were fucking touting around that. Hey, uh, and it's so sad. Like, I don't care. It's if you like got when the you used X, to have that cool watch that you got, and you're like, "Hey, what time is it?" You know, and you pull right. the sleeve up to show it off. But it was even worse than that. Like. If he got the iPhone X right on, 
You know what I mean? But he was going up to people's desks and going, hey, you want to see my iPhone X? No, I'd rather see came, your dick. Let's just. <laughs> right. He came up to my, my desk. He's like, hey, you want to see my iPhone X? I'm like, no, I'm too busy looking at my Samsung 8. Thank you. <laughs> and he got salty about it, dude. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see your phone. You should just, turn, like, you should just look at him and go, what? Is it 2015? <laughs> yeah. Get this weak shit out of here. <laughs> then he's like, well, my camera's better than yours. I'm like, yes, by a marginal amount. Good for you. <laughs> That's about it, by the way. Right. I was like, I don't, I'm, the, I'm not about a pissing contest. I like my phone. My phone handles my business. Right. Your phone is about your business. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Sick of this bullshit. <laughs> anyway. What was once considered not a major antitrust issue? It seems has become one. The U.S. Department of Justice has decided to push back at the potential merger of AT&T and Time Warner. The merger, which was announced back in 2016, was expected to be done by year's end. Unfortunately, the deal may not be done until 2018. Uh, Reuters is reporting that the DOG is requiring AT&T to sell off the Turner Broadcasting, which is home to CNN or DirecTV, to satisfy any antitrust concerns. According to the report, quote, AT&T is prepared to fight any divestitures, divest, divest, any bullshit required to win <laughs> regulatory approval of the $85.4 billion deal, according to sources familiar with the matter. What happened? I like how you put that in the heading. <laughs> like, you know, it's really walking you through it. Um, of course, speculation is running rampant if this is moving, if this is moved by President Donald Trump's long term goal of crushing the deal. He has never been a fan of the deal, which he even stated on a campaign on the campaign trail. However, he hasn't been able to do this, but his pick for the Justice Department may have some other ideas. The report notes that Makan Del, Del Rahim is President Trump's pick for the Justice Department. Back in 2016, he stated that the merger would get much attention due to its size, but was not a major antitrust issue. Regardless of the size and complexity, it would be an antitrust issue. A consolidation of entertainment, news, and media in one company. Back in the early 90s, Microsoft was sued for antitrust violations with their OS on desktop. To be completely honest, how is that bigger than turning two media companies into one powerful conglomerate? And that is from the mind of Stephen Vargas, by the way, <laughs> at thelazygeeks.com. Of course it's an antitrust issue. Yeah. They, of course it is. You know, and, and, and I feel... A lot of people are saying, and I was reading some other articles on this, like, oh, you know, someone must be uh, whispering in someone's ear because now all of a sudden it's a problem. I said, no, I think people were whispering in their ears when it wasn't a problem. Yeah. And now they're starting to do their fucking job. Because I bet you, knowing how our government works lately, they're like, wait a minute, they own what? Oh, wait. <laughs> that's, that's probably a problem, right? Well, Not yeah, the and the thing is, is that, you know, people, ran, of course, ran the headline, um, you know, Justice Marmon making, you know, Time Warner or AT&T sell off CNN. And the the real fact, if you actually went to the source article, because I was like, going, I don't see it saying CNN. And then I went to the source article and they said either Turner Broadcasting, which is the home of CNN, or DirecTV. They have to give up one. They can't have both. Because at that point, you have DirecTV, which is a content provider. And then you have Turner Networks, which is another content creator. Yeah, that's that's a lot that AT and T can have in their you know, in their billfold as well as movies and stuff like that. 
you know i mean the thing is is if we see time warner films you know you know like warner brothers are we going to hear that bong bang bong you know that little at&t noise at the at the end or the beginning of every movie you know (laughs) but um yeah i mean they they would just own way yeah it's just it's way too much power for them to wield and um and and yeah i'm i'm glad there there is because i i'm not a big fan of this merger i've never been because i was like oh that's just that's just too fucking weird you know and um but um yeah if they and and i'm glad that somebody's actually saying hey you know you know, you 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 kind of need to do something because the FCC was just going to let it go through. They had no problem with it, right? But they also have no new problem with getting rid of net neutrality. So, you know, that kind of tells you where they are. You know, um, just just to put it out there. <laughs> do you know what company owns the New York Times? Um, I want to say, I don't think it's Turner. No, what? No. no, who? The New York Times Company. That's who owns the New York Times. You know who owns the New York Times Company? No one, motherfucker. <laughs> I I don't think, and I'm not I'm not saying the Times, but I'm just I'm making a point. I don't think news, at least all of it, should be owned by entertainment companies or oh, com- yeah. communication companies. I don't I don't trust news because I guarantee you. If AT&T bought Time Warner, any news off of CNN or DirecTV, they would never be – you would not You would always get a slanted view. AT&T wouldn't be the bad guy all the time. Right. Is it possible that could, could not be true? Sure. But it's too much of a pain in the ass to pay attention to. Like, news should be news. It should be owned by news companies. That's it. <laughs> right. And I know that a lot of the – most papers are owned by – I think all yeah, every- news is owned by, like, five companies. Yeah. Other than the New York Times, uh, by the way, um, distribution is uh, countrywide. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm pulling for the Times today. I, I know you're kind of in that uh, in that field, but um, uh, I think uh, I think we should just jump into that. Brings us to the end of the headlines. As as uh, we were going to dis- as our main story tonight was going to be about Disney, um, Adams somehow changed it to the New York Times. So uh, that's going to be our top story today. <laughs> this uh, this podcast actually now owned by the New York Times, <laughs> New York Times right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I just bro- use the bro- them the- to make a point, <laughs> the- guys. <laughs> the Jesus. broadcast is brought to you by the New York Times, but um, the episode is actually brought to you by EA Access, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we haven't mentioned them in a while, <laughs> and it's also available. On Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Simulcast on Hulu. <laughs> That's right. So our main... I don't st- even know who owns this thing anymore. <laughs> I know, right? Our main story tonight is Disney. Disney is responsible for everything Marvel, Pixar, and Star Wars. At the same time, they are responsible for Disneyland, those who are obsessed with Disneyland, and Euro Disney. You have to admire Disney. They are the perfection of spin. They turn this week from being a bit of a story of a bitch for banning uh, the LA Times for its shitty news article to everyone's obsession on their journey into world domination. Uh, we won't forget here. We never forget here. Uh, originally, our main story was going to look at the news of Disney discussing the buyout for Fox movie and television divisions. 21st Century Fox has been holding talks to sell most of the company to Walt Disney. 
leaving behind a media company tightly focused on news and sports, according to people familiar with the situation. Now, the talks have taken place over the last few weeks, and there is no certainty they will lead to a deal. In fact, the two sides are not currently talking at this very moment, but given the on-again, off-again nature of these talks, they certainly could be revisited. For Fox, the willingness to engage in sale talks with Disney stems from a growing belief amongst its senior management that scale in media is of immediate importance and that there is not a path to gain that scale in entertainment through acquisition. The company is said to believe that a more tightly focused group of properties around news and sports could compete more effectively in the current marketplace. The media landscape has, of course, changed considerably in recent years with giants such as Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Netflix changing the way people consume media and dominating the digital distribution of digital video content. Being able to compete in that changing landscape, many people believe, requires scale that a Disney does have, but 21st Century Fox does not. For Disney, the opportunity to take control of another movie studio and significant TV production assets as it readies a direct-to-consumer entertainment streaming offering is certainly attractive, as is Fox's significant exposure to international markets such as the UK, Germany, and Italy, both through its uh, its networks and its 39% ownership of B Sky B. So, with this is only a deal to purchase their television and movie business. This would not allow Rupert Mur. Mur this will allow Rupert Mur yeah, Rupert Murdoch. I fucking hate his name. Uh, to focus solely on sports and news, which seems to be the focus of the business, and this would have included 21st Century Fox. It's cable TV networks such as FX and National Geographic and is its international distribution rights. While the talks indicate, uh, while reports have indicated that the talks have occurred in the past, recent reports indicate that the talks are not dead, meaning that it could there could still possibly be a buyout. With reports of Disney starting their own streaming service, the move uh, for them to acquire Fox makes more sense. It obviously makes more sense than attempting a uh, third Fantastic Four reboot. Disney is tired of suffering from cord cutting, pulling subscribers away from ESPN, announcing plans to launch its own direct-to-consumer entertainment streaming service and removing its films from would-be rival Netflix. In its third quarter earnings release, Disney will pay $1.52 billion to acquire an additional 42% of BAM Tech, the streaming video technology business the company acquired a 33% stake in last year for $1 billion, and which will provide the technological underpinnings for its upcoming streaming services. The Disney streaming service will be the exclusive home for subscription video on-demand viewing of the company's recent hits, including its live-action remakes and Pixar animated features meaning they will be removed from Netflix when it launches. However, existing Disney movies released before then will remain on Netflix. Now, keep in mind that Fox does hold rights that Disney kind of needs. They hold rights to the X-Men and Fantastic Four franchises. If Disney was to regain those rights, they would have nearly all the Marvel characters under the House of Mouse. Also, Fox owns the rights to the original Star Wars movie. Every time Lucas re releases the original Star Wars in whatever iteration they're shoveling out to fans, they have to give Fox a cut. 
Not to mention, this would be a strong move to build their streaming service. That means movies like Sound of Music, the Alien franchise, The Grapes of Wrath, Miracle on 34th Street, and Planet of the Fucking Apes. Can you imagine that new section of Disneyland tried to survive Ape Land? Where you're fighting for domination. It'd be crazy. crazy. You're fucking rolling through. You're in you're in like Marvel Land, Toontown, everything's cool. And you turn a corner and all of a sudden somebody's throwing a net over you with shit. What the fuck? You're hearing it. You're like, oh shit. It's get your damn hands off me. You damn dirty ape. (laughs) And how many times would you hear that said? Oh yeah. And how many times would you be saying it? Is really the question. I'd hear it from myself. That's the thing. (laughs) Right. But unlike the merger of Time AT&T and Time Warner, people seem to be excited about uh, this particular buyout. Yeah, I think it's fascinating to even be talking about you know, a deal like this. I think it really illustrates how much uh, of a change that the investor sentiment has shifted in the media landscape and the redefinition of who the competitors are, not just Netflix and Amazon and the traditional media companies, but you've got the major technology companies now jumping into this arms race. So the idea that Disney is going to even contemplate a deal like this, I think it's fascinating. I think you see the way the shares are reacting. Reacting, There seems to be palpable excitement that the sector is really in need of a major catalyst, um, given the pressures in the traditional businesses, uh, whether it's subscriptions or advertising impressions. So overall, I think that this, is, this deal could be revolutionary and redefine the way, uh, another wave of, of content you know, deals. Now, when you pull all these strings together, this makes so much sense for Disney that Disney would do such a deal like this. There are only they are the only viable company that could compete with Netflix. However, the price would have to be cheap to start with. Not saying that Disney zombies wouldn't sign up regardless of the price. You know, just mm. look how much they're spent for those goddamn uh, insane year passes. Uh, according to recent statements, it will be cheaper than uh, than Netflix. Disney shares rose by 2% Friday, November 10th, after they announced that their upcoming streaming service will cost less than Netflix currently does. Disney CEO Bob Iger explained why they will have a lower price. He stated, That is in part reflective of the fact that it will have substantially less volume. It'll have a lot of high quality because of the brands and the franchises that will be on it that we've talked about, but it'll simply launch with less volume and the price will reflect that. Netflix has been increasing their price over the last seven years. When Netflix began, they were a DVD rental service that offered streaming content with your membership. Since then, all their original content and branding has increased in cost. Now, the popular option that will run you $11 a month, if Disney won't be able to offer much from the onset, they will charge you less than you know CBS All Access is charging. However, what does, that, what does significant mean? I would see probably around the price point of, you know, $8 a month, Hulu's price. Uh, that's, a, uh, that's a great way of turning a story from simply being a bitch to look, um, to look at the road to world domination. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know with, with all of this that's come out about this, I mean, it starts off with the week with the LA Times issue where you're just like, oh, come on, Disney, what are you doing? And then suddenly it's, we're going to buy Fox and we're looking at all this cool options and all this stuff. You're kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Disney's trying to buy up everything. I mean, it makes perfect sense. 
you know, for them. Well, yeah, for them. But the thing is, is that, you know, if they want to rival Netflix, nobody else really has, you know, the, the, the library or even the power to do that. You know, I mean, you know, Disney not just has Disney. I mean, Disney alone with their movies and their animated stuff has a pretty decent library. You know, we'll say that even their live action, you know, remakes and stuff like that. But now you throw in the Muppets, you throw in Pixar, you throw in Star Wars, you throw in Marvel, you know, it, it's suddenly it's like that's that's a huge library. Yeah, that's if they release everything all at the same time. Because Disney likes to play. <laughs> the vault, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and they're also developing a, a live action Star Wars series for their streaming service they're looking to um they're going to make a a t- television adaptation of monsters inc uh reboot high school musical they're going back to some of their stuff and kind of making stuff like that and you know what might be even good for like agents of shield you know yeah you know or the inhumans Dude, I completely forgot about that show. I know. I think it's already ended for the for its winter. I think it's already ended its first season, but it's like, oh god. Or do you mean just ended? It, it yeah, possibly ended. <laughs> like, what were the ratings on that fucking train wreck? I know, right? Of, co- of course, there's always one. There's always one article that comes out and goes, "Is is uh, Inhumans actually being underrated?" It's like, no, no, it's not, dude. Stop trying to save it. You're just trying to. You're just trying too provocative. hard. <laughs> yeah. There's always, you know, when everybody loves a movie that comes out the first week, then suddenly the second week, it actually is kind of sucks. It's like, no, you kind of suck. All right. right. <laughs> That's really. There's always going to be an opposition. Yeah. Like the Thor movie. Everyone loves the Thor movie. I haven't seen it yet, but everyone loves the Thor movie. And the, there's one guy at my job like I saw it. It wasn't that good. I'm like, oh, you're that guy. Yeah. That just doesn't like it because everybody likes it. It's that it. It's like that people that you hear when you're like, "Oh, Paul Walker died. Oh, I'm so sorry, Paul. I'm sorry for the person that was killed with Paul Walker." It's like, yeah, yeah like, you're you're uh, that guy. You're that guy. We see you. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole Disney thing? I mean, I understand it from their perspective. Let's they want as much as they possibly can to control, make money. Also, I mean. If they own Fox, it would clean up Marvel a little bit. <laughs> we cinematically, we, we, we might actually have one actual, um, uh, one actual universe in in uh, right. the X Men. Although, right. keep and, in mind the comic, the 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 X Men comic books are just kind of fucking all over the place over there, you know. So you know, it, it's that kind of thing. It's like the movies kind of seem to fit in line with the um, with the comics with the comics. So you know. Well, I mean, Fox, Fox has a couple hits out of it. I mean, obviously Deadpool, but it's so fucking all over the place. Yeah. They, they're not even trying to, to <laughs> right. make it be cohesive, you know? Yeah. So it's it's just, it would be nice if a professional <laughs> like Marvel <laughs> could do, do it. But this is also Marvel's fault. Like, they sold off the movie rights a long time ago. Yeah. Trying to make that quick, but. Yeah. You know, so. Time will tell. I think eventually all all that shit will will be at, at under Disney. Dude, then you can get a Marvel Planet of the Apes crossover. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> I think no. I think that um, Marvel will eventually get Fox's rights. Maybe not Fox, but they'll get Fox's rights to 
uh, their their um, Marvel stuff. But the problem is, is the only way they'll get that is if Fox fucks up a few more times. Well, because that's really the only reason they got Spider Man. Because they were fucking up. Yeah, because Sony was fucking up all the time. But, yeah. you know, the thing is, is that if if Fox is actually doing this thing where they're looking to just cultivate sports, which they have a market on, you know, right. they have a market on on the NFL, MLB, you know, all of that stuff. You know, sports is where the money's at for them. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, Disney's been having trouble with ESPN because, you know, cord cutters are you know, and, and cable providers are like, you know, you want too much for ESPN and the money is really in Fox because Fox sells all the local sports programming and, you know, and all of that stuff. So they get all the major deals, but then you have ESPN who really just has Thursday night football and sports center. And that's, a, that's, <laughs> and that's thing, really though, it. That Fox. I think a lot of people don't realize is that Fox is such, such a sports giant. Yeah. That Disney, if Disney purchased Fox, they would have a whole brand new media that they, I mean, they wouldn't, you're not really scripting, I hope not, a, a sporting event, well, but um, they would, they would have, I don't know how they would spend that to make it look at it, or would they just let it carry well, on? Well, no, because um, if the buyout of Fox is only for film and television, and television oh, meaning okay. the television stations, not, um, I misunderstood yeah, that Fox part, would then. keep sports their news and their local affiliates there, which is their bread and butter. Anyway. right. Which is something that, so. we, and you know, with the, with the amount of movies that Fox puts out, that don't seem to really be going anywhere. You know, it would be good to put, give it to like, well, if, <laughs> if Disney wants to pay a big, uh, bright penny for that, you know, then right. it's like, well, we'll make some money off that funnel that into our other services and build on that. And then Disney can kind of be like, okay, you know, we're off. They're offering uh, es. They're going to start offering ESPN by itself because cable companies are finding it's they're too spe- expensive to carry ESPN on their cable channels. So some are even, you know, you know. So they're going okay, fine. If people don't want it, we're just going to give it to people to buy themselves, and people will sign up for it because. Pe- but ESPN, ESPN's a major network. Like yeah. sports people keep that on in their house like as background yes sometimes i do too when there's like nothing on tv i'll put sports center on and it's just the background you know and i mean i never put it on but i know it's extremely popular but you you don't have espn no even when i had it the only thing i would put on background is i would put a news network on unless it was also women's softball and volleyball i would watch i would watch that yeah that that would put on and then i'd be like but that's important yeah and that's where I'm 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 snuggling in for the night. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's a real lazy Sunday yeah. when, when that's going on. <laughs> right. And it's the most popular. What's going under what's going on under that blanket though? You know what I mean? Like ooh, ooh. <laughs> I used to go to all, I used to go to a lot of the softball games when I was in high school. People <laughs> were like, We all know why you hear about it's like I am a fan <laughs> right. of baseball and that translates into softball. softball. Exactly. That's you know. right. And, and this this is where women are being bosses. So that's why I'm watching it. But, you no. know, but that's, you know, like, so, you know, in those instances, you know, ESPN is going to try to, you know, because some cable providers have threatened to cut loose ESPN because they're saying they're too expensive um, for pricing wise. So Disney is like going, fine, fuck it. We're going to we're going to start offering it online. So if people want to buy it online and you don't want to carry it. They can get, still get it. You know, and that's what that's one of the reasons, and that's that's something that I was just I was thinking about earlier is that primarily so, that's why some people keep cable because then they want to get sporting events, 
Right. And you can't get that's the major the major holdback from cord cutters. I yeah. think is sports because it is a pain in the ass. Like it's not impossible. And we're we're, we're going to only talk legally, right? Um, but there are certain like like the MLB. Right. You can get the MLB like streaming thing. I think it's like fifteen bucks, but you can't watch local. Yeah, because if your local is being aired somewhere else, it's blackout rules. It's the same thing with um with NFL. If you're watching, like for me here, I used to be able to watch uh, Niners games on my TV because we had no local teams. Now we have the fucking Chargers and the Rams, and it's just like every Sunday, it's like I don't want to watch that shit, you know. So and then with MLB, I don't know how NFL is now, but NFL used to at least MLB is not even on normal television; it's all, only on the cable network. Like the the Diamondbacks games are only on, um, like Arizona Sports. Yeah. Which is a cable network. So if you if you don't have cable, you can't watch sports. Mm. You can't watch. Well, baseball. that's a, that's, that's like here. Like the Dodgers are on Time Warner Sports, and the issue with that is that not everybody carries Time Warner Sports. So a lot of people that live here can't even watch Dodger games. Um, still, they do have a deal with local channels. I think la- this past season they actually cranked it up to fifteen. So the local channel, the KTLA Channel Five here, would actually carry a Dodgers game from time to time. But everybody's like, "This is bullshit," you know. So it's like, I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to get Spectrum just to watch Dodger games. Right. And then if you try to get MLB, you couldn't get it because it's blacked out. Because oh yeah, the Dodger games are shown in your area. It's a fucking mess. It is. It's such a fucking racket. Talk about um, talk about monopolies. Right. But. Truth be told, let me adjust my tinfoil really, hat real quick. <laughs> truth be told, I don't really give a fuck. Right. So it doesn't affect me too much. But if I want to watch baseball, it's usually because I want to go. Right. Like watching baseball on TV, I'll get about halfway through the game. And one of the, like, I was thinking about it. And if, if Disney comes out, because it's supposed to be, I think 2019 is when that, um, when their streaming service is supposed to come out. If they dropped, if they dropped it and it's like six bucks, you know, $5.99 or $6.99 a month. I'll probably I'll probably give it a quick check, see what it's like because it's not a lot. Because that, but you know, like unlike you, I'm not paying for every little thing that you're that you do. You know, we have cable, so uh, so we have no. We've been we've actually been thinking. Um, my wife's like, do you think when we move we should get cable? And I'm like, I don't even know if our kids know how to watch cable. <laughs> like, we'll they'll go to someone else. They'll have to go, learn. Right. They'll they'll go over someone's house and go. Why do we have to watch so many commercials? <laughs> And it's like because that's how TV is. This sucks. They'll get used Where's to Netflix it. Where's Netflix at? No, then yeah, they'll, get they'll, used just, to it. they'll get used to they'll they'll do what I do. They'll DVR it. Like wait 15 minutes into the show, hit uh, start playing it. Then you can fast forward the commercials and you make it to the end of the show. I've done that quite a few times. Well, here's my thing: is that if I got cable again, I would still have Netflix. Oh yeah, obviously, obviously. But I could cut my because I have Hulu TV, yeah. which is roughly sixty six dollars. You could get, ba- um, I think you could get basic cable for less than that. Yeah, and I don't need anything other than basic. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you get local get... TV and then expanded local, so you'd be right. able to get all that, and then whatever else you need, you could just fucking get it off of, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Netflix, Hulu, just the ba- ma- basic Hulu, and um, even uh, HBO, like HBO Go or something like that. Right. I would just get a single DVR. Yeah. So I can I can watch. The two shows that I watch on television. Orville and Desperate Housewives? No, that's not yes. on anymore. <laughs> it's actually uh, um, Basketball Wives. I just love it. 
Love that show. <laughs> this is show called Empire. Oh god. That all the girls talk about. Yeah. And I have no idea what it's on Fox. Oh well, that's enough. Yeah. Most shows on Fox suck, unless it's the order. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's it. All right. So I guess on that note, we can uh, move over to what the actual fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so mine comes from The Verge, and I'll just uh, I'll just jump right into the article. I have some news. The internet the internet of things is a mess. A hacked refrigerator sounds slightly scary. But a vibrator-controlling app that records all your sex sounds and stores them on your phone without your knowledge? That's way worse. Today, a Reddit user pointed out that Hong Kong-based sex toy company Lovence Remote Control Vibrator app recorded a session, a used session, without their knowledge. An audio file lasting six minutes was stored on the app's local folders. The user says he or she gave the app access to a mic and camera but only to use with the in-app chat function and send voice clips on command not consenting recording when in use other users confirm this app's behavior too uh, a user claimed to represent lovesense recalled or responded and called this recording a minor bug that only affects android users Lovence also says no information or data was sent to the company's server and that this audio file exists only temporarily. An update issued today should fix the bug. The company representative emailed a statement confirming that their user on Reddit was a representative of the company. Uh, as explained in the thread I linked above, I do not store any audio files on the server. The, the, for sound feature to work, we have to create a local cache file. The file is supposed to be deleted at the end of each session, but because of a bug in which in the late in the last version of our Android app, the file wasn't deleted successfully. You think? Uh, with this bug, the cache file was stored in the user's device until the next session, where a new session overwrites the previous cache file. The representative also confirmed that the bug has been fixed and the cache file will be deleted at the end of each session with the latest version. This isn't Lovesense's first security flub. Earlier this year, a butt plug made, the made by the company, The Hush, was also found to be hackable. In the butt plug's case, the vul uh, vulnerability had to do with Bluetooth as opposed to the company spying on, on users. In the separate case, unrelated to Lovesense, a company called WeVibe you was sued after its Bluetooth-enabled vibrators allegedly collected and recorded users' personal information. The company ended up settling the class action lawsuit for $3.75 million. Then all of this is to say that you're, if you're going to purchase connected to sex toys, do your research. Trust in the toy maker is essential. Still, vulnerabilities exist in any smart device, so recognize the risks before going online. Why do you need a remote control for a vibrator? <laughs> Why do you need it? I mean, there are things that you have on your, you know, can Bluetooth connected or enabled voice active. What the fuck are you going to do? Chat? <laughs> you know, it's it's like, like you can't reach your hand <laughs> down there. Right. Like, come on. Lady. Uh, Let's not be lazy. Okay. <laughs> well, it doesn't necessarily have to be ladies now. I don't want to talk about what a man would use a vibrator for. 
beyond my fucking expertise. <laughs> so this had me fucking laughing. He wanted the kids fired up. Now he's fired. <laughs> An unnamed youth hockey coach was dismissed Friday after his unhinged pep talk emerged on social media, according to most. Deadspin was among the first sites to post the clip, which must have been must be seen, we believe. Before before an October sixth game, the assistant coach screamed to his players on the Phantom A Black U fourteen hockey team of the Littleton, Colorado Hockey Association. Quote, I want to see you sticking your hands up these guys' asses, working them like a fucking puppet. End quote. <laughs> He, he later yelled about the opposing team, quote, I want to see you beat up Green Mountain. Fuck Green Mountain. Fuck their coaches. Fuck their wives. Fuck their friends. Wow. End quote. Told <laughs> by those in the room he could be heard elsewhere, the coach responded, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, the unfiltered rant is available. If you go to lazygeeks.com, go to our show notes, go to the Huffington Post link that we have up there. You can watch the entire thing. Um, and there's a few kids in there with a smile, like, <laughs> um, the league was informed of the coach's speech through a complaint from USA Hockey, Denver Post reports. Quote, the unfortunate event is not a representation of our association, not of respect for the families of the sport. We are diligently working to correct the situation. League president George Stukenbach, fucking Viking, said <laughs> in a statement to the CBS affiliate, affiliate in Denver. The coach issued an apology to both teams, according to the station. Listen, we need more coaches like this, okay? <laughs> Fire that fucking team up and let them know what's good. You're too much. Okay, guys, it's okay. If you lose, there's no problem. There is a fucking problem. You didn't play hard enough. <laughs> Get it done. These kids, they look, they kind of look like they've heard it all before, though. <laughs> right. They're kind of just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, dude. But it's pretty good. You have to you have to see that clip. So I'm sorry. I'm doing I was fucking looking at Okay. Guess I'm watching. My apologies, okay. <laughs> Jesus. That's it for the episode, okay? Please rate and review the show on iTunes or anywhere else you rate helps us out, of course. Want to catch our back catalog? Of course you fucking do. You can definitely catch it on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music, as well as the website, thelazygeeks.com. If you want to suggest stories for this show, you can definitely do that on our Facebook and Google Plus pages. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, both under the name The Lazy Geeks. That's all one word, folks. No fucking leet speak shit going on. Um, any feedback you want to give us, we want to read it. Right, Steve? You got it. That's right. Drop it on the website, thelazygeeks.com, or send it to our email at thelazygeeksnetwork at gmail.com. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to speak your fucking piece or what? I'm doing it telepathically. I want the people to kind of hear, hear my thoughts. I'm not sure if they actually really want to do that because you don't want to get not into this Not over this, this cheap equipment, motherfucker. <laughs> they don't want to get into this brain. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle-aged geek, Instagram, middle-aged underscore geek. And you can check out my other podcast every Wednesday, the Extended Play Movie Podcast. This week's movie, David Fincher's Alien 3, as part of our Was It Really That Bad? 
series. Uh, you can grab it on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Follow my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Geek, and you can check out my other musings at themiddleagegeek.com. I dug Alien 3. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I liked it. Well, compare, it's funny because it actually kind of, I think it holds true where it is, number three, but because given the ones that came after that, Resurrection and then the Prometheus movies and all that shit, I think it, I think it actually, it, in actuality, my, in my view, if you guys haven't checked it out, I actually got, I actually came out to be better than I remember it because I remember being disappointed, but I got to remember the last time I saw an Aliens movie before that was Aliens. So, you know, it was, it was definitely a different vibe at that time. But I actually liked it more this time around. Because it's just a fun movie, I think. I think back when it first came out, you were coming off that high of Alien 2. Yeah. You know, or Aliens. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, you can catch me on Twitter at SapiensBLG. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was all right. Yeah. I, I, I think a little. I was probably more disappointed because we just come off this action one. And then it was more of a reversion to the original alien. Right. So it was kind of like, Oh, this is where they're going. But now looking back at it and watching it, I actually had a, a better appreciation for it than I did the original than originally. Obviously aliens will forever and always be the best. One oh yeah. Out of the franchise. Um, hey but, man, know. we just got our asses kicked. Game <laughs> over, man. Game over. <laughs> hey Vasquez, anybody ever stake you for a man? No. Have you? <laughs> Um, just that little that banter alone oh yeah absolutely all right so be sure to tune in on friday for our cheap seats where we will be discussing wonder woman <laughs> and don't forget to check out our winter finale of star trek discovery recap on wednesday this will be the last episode of star trek discovery until january so uh that is it for us this week so until next time Peace out. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network. Available only at thelazygeeks.com. Mm-hmm.